0: Welcome to episode 18 of the Montana Values Podcast. We're going to ring around the Rosie with a pocket full of prosy. Let's get right into it with our host, Tammy Fisher. Tammy, before we begin, we have a few housekeeping issues. Once again, we thank our Connecticut listener, Nance, for another kind contribution. Uh, Her donations and your donations are what keep us on the air. So consider becoming a sponsor of the show by going to our website, MontanaValuesPodcast.com, locating the sponsor page, and clicking on the Donate button. So thank you, Nance. Your contribution made this podcast number 18 possible. And we sure appreciate you listening and for supporting us. And as we circle back now, folks, to some of the previous episodes that we've done, we want to bring you up to speed on what we talked about earlier. There have been a few updates, and we're going to get into those. On Friday, September 19th, Troy Downing was the speaker for the Missoula Pachyderm meeting, and it was done by conference call, and I happened to be on that call. And when they opened it up for questions, I asked him directly, if he thought that Fish, Wildlife, and Parks officers were out to get him. And shockingly, Tammy, he did not answer the question. He simply <laughs> repeated the same line that he said in his recent televised debate with Shane Morjo. And then I did a follow-up question, and I asked him if FWP officers are included in his claims to back the blue. And after a long roundabout explanation, he finally conceded that, yes, they were. <laughs> included.
1: (laughs) Because that striked him as politically expedient, I would guess. That also strikes me as quite a contradiction. You can't say, I was persecuted by the cops unfairly because I support wounded vets, and then say you back the same cops you believe persecuted you. Those are two contradictory statements that he thinks we can't recognize apparently. And let's not forget, he has never once Apologize for referring to Fish Wildlife Park's law enforcement as the deep state. He simply refuses to take accountability for anything. He's a terrible candidate for office, and his character continues to be suspect. So, again, we are a hard no on Troy Downing.
0: There are new revelations coming out of the Public Service Commission. We covered this circus in MVP's eighth episode, and Tammy, you also tweeted about it recently. Remember when we talked about this before, the media asked for public records from the Public Service Commission, and instead of releasing those records, it sued the media. So the PSC, a commission run entirely by folks who refer to themselves as Republican, spent Montana tax dollars to sue the media to prevent the media from standing up for Montanans and standing up for an open, transparent government. Two things Republicans are supposed to stand for, right? But not the Republicans who run the PSC. And as we suspected and now know, the PSC is a three-ring circus. The highest-paid public body in the state of Montana is made up of commissioners more interested in gamesmanship than actually doing the work of Montanans. The PSC is a five-person elected commission that, among other things, determines how much monopoly utilities are allowed to charge Montanans for electricity and natural gas service. It's a job with a base salary of $109,000 a year. Let's talk about what was in those public records the media fought for.
1: According to Mike Clark and Tom Lutie at the Billings Gazette, they wrote a great article about what they'd uncovered. The Montana Public Service Commission documents show a pattern of bullying, harassment, and spying. Hundreds of emails and official documents reveal a pattern of spying, embarrassing email leaks and trumped up claims that led to police investigations that went nowhere. Bullying at the Republican-controlled agency was at a grade school level. In 2019, PSC staff and fellow commissioner Randy Pinoche began reading through Roger Koopman who is also another commissioner's emails without Koopman's knowledge. Several of the emails were then leaked to a right-wing website, Northwest Liberty News, where they were read aloud and posted for public reading. Some of those emails were personal family emails. An investigation into the matter identified PSC Communications Director Drew Zinnaker as the likely leaker, based on conversations with a third party that said Zinnaker had offered him several of these same emails. In a later Northwest Liberty News feature titled, Terror in Helena, I'm Afraid that Roger Koopman will bring a gun to work to shoot me. Zinnaker and Penocci paint Koopman as a threat to the office. So Penocci and Zinnaker shopped their tale to several news outlets. Penocci and Zinnaker were in cahoots together to undermine Roger Koopman. Penochi contacted the Billings Gazette with the narrative, but the newspaper considered Penochi's story malicious and did nothing with it. And they were right. Penochi also shopped to the news media as Zenecker claimed that Commissioner Tony O'Donnell, a Billings Republican, had asked Zenecker to work on O'Donnell's 2020 reelection campaign on company time, which is illegal. O'Donnell, in a separate case, has been found in violation of using government resources for his campaign. The documents released by the court show that the Montana Highway Patrol was called to the PSC officer after Zeniker said he was fearful. But the Highway Patrol noted that Zenecker seemed giddy to have officers involved. Montana Highway Patrol found Zenecker's claim meritless. Zeniker also called the Helena police to investigate another employee's use of a government computer. Emails indicate that Zenecker thought the presence of the police would cause the employee to, quote, shit himself, which excited Zeniker. What? Yeah, so Zeneker and Pinochet are in cahoots basically to start the circus and penalize everybody within the office. Zenecker has no real supervisory authority over the PSC staff, yet he used his position to call the cops to intimidate another employee. And that employee ended up having to take weeks of family medical leave to avoid Zenecker's harassment. In other documents, PSC staff described how Zenecker instructed one employee to wear a chicken suit when making a presentation on the commission website. And of course, any presentations on the commission's website are public presentations to be taken professionally and seriously. After all, we're paying these commissioners $109,000 a piece and Zinnaker over $60,000 a year to be professionals representing the state of Montana and its taxpayers. Other employees present said Zinnaker's suggestion was inappropriate and harassing, so it didn't actually occur. In another incident, a PSC worker who noticed a roll of yellow caution tape on Zinnaker's desk asked Zinnaker, who was the communications director, what that roll of caution tape was for. The worker said Zinnaker replied, the purpose was to F with Roger Koopman. The commissioners put Zinnaker on paid leave in the spring, meaning he continues to receive to this day over $66,000 a year in salary, plus, of course, state benefits. So Pinoche and Zenecker, instead of doing the work of the commission, are fixated on harassing and bullying anyone, including other members of the commission, that they don't like. And they engage in these shenanigans on the taxpayer dime with the intent to harm others. Nice quality people, right? Folks, we want in leadership positions, right? And this is the perfect example of why knowing who you are voting for matters. Why voting just a straight ticket is problematic when leadership at the Montana Republican Party places zero parameters on who they will allow to enter race under the Republican banner. We cannot trust the Montana Republican Party leadership's endorsement of candidates because they literally do nothing to ensure the candidates are qualified for the position they seek understand, much less adhere to the Republican platform and have done something, anything to earn the Montana Republican Party's backing. Pinoche obtained his position on the PSC by running for the office under the banner of protecting the Second Amendment and protecting the unborn. Two issues that have absolutely no relationship to the regulation of monopolies and utilities.
0: Why are candidates running on issues that have literally nothing to do with the office they seek? Where is Montana GOP leadership in holding these candidates accountable for their campaign material? Where is the oversight? Nowhere.
1: It's no different than when Democrats ran the singer Rob Quist for Congress. He literally had zero qualifications to be a congressman. And yet he was narrowly defeated by Gianforte for the position. Which tells you just how unliked Greg Gianforte is. If a guitar playing singer with zero management or public policy experience can almost beat someone who has management experience, but is undoubtedly the most unliked politician in Montana history, what does that tell us? Montanans aren't paying enough attention to who it is that they are actually voting for. This is like if I were to apply to be a rocket scientist, and in my interview, I said, right, I know I don't know anything about being a rocket scientist, but I will protect your Second Amendment rights. I'll be sure never to take your guns away. It makes zero sense. And yet this is what politicians in Montana were allowing them to get away with. They're running on platforms that have nothing to do with the office, nothing to do with the job description. And yet we as Montanans aren't paying enough attention and looking into the details for lots of good reasons. That's because we don't have the time to. Most of us are just trying to make ends meet. Yeah, we're working. We're busy working. We have jobs. We actually have jobs where we meet the needs of the job description. And we're in the middle of a pandemic. Most of us are trying to raise our kids. We're trying to keep a job and help out our parents and grandparents. And we just want to put our head down and work and raise our families. We used to be able to rely upon the state parties to vet candidates so that we could trust their advice and just vote a straight ticket without doing our own research. But those days have come and gone, folks. The state parties have just gotten lazy. They aren't recruiting good candidates. They're allowing literally anyone to walk through the door and say, hi, I'm running for office using your name. No questions asked. No background checks. No vetting. No interview. Just blind support for anyone wishing to proclaim their allegiance in name, but not in fact or in action to the party's platform. This is probably why good candidates no longer wish to get involved in politics. Our state parties want credibility. They lull us into believing that they have a handle on getting good candidates and formulating sound strategy. And that used to all be true. So we all paid less attention, and our state parties were successful at dumbing us down, where we would simply fall in line with the party because they said so. But Montanans are different. We still have independent thought. Our fear here at MVP is our independent thought is slipping away. If we blindly follow political parties, knowing they aren't vetting candidates, what kinds of political leaders will we end up with? Well, we end up with people like Randy Pinochet, who has used his position to harass and bully other Montanans. People like Greg Gianforte, who spent $8 million of his own money thus far to get into the governor's chair, who illicitly used a Montanan's cancer diagnosis to gain votes, who gave up a safe Republican seat in Congress for his own self interest, and who is a convicted criminal. People like Troy Downing who continues to violate Montana law with seven campaign practice violations, convictions for violating Montana's heritage hunting laws, and who refers to law enforcement as the deep state, all the while saying he supports cops. He's a perpetual candidate, beating Montanans to death for a political seat. Yet no one wonders, why does the millionaire from California want a job that pays $100,000 a year? People like Matt Rosendale, who, like Troy Downing and Gianforte, lied about being a rancher, who panders for votes using ridiculous commercials showing him shooting drones from the sky, and who beat us over the head with running for every open position they can find, hoping we will give them a seat. Unless and until the state political parties start vetting candidates, candidates our kids can look up to as leaders, we can no longer rely on their advice. So, it's up to us Montanans to do our own research. Because simply having an R behind your name and the endorsement of the Montana GOP means nothing. It doesn't mean a candidate is conservative. It doesn't mean they have good character. It doesn't mean they are qualified for the job. And it doesn't mean they even know what the job entails.
0: I mean, Mickey, have you ever seen a worse slate of statewide candidates for office? No, I haven't. But my concern doesn't end there. At the statewide races, we have races locally. For instance, we have a race right now for to fill a seat on the Flathead County Commission, and it is a Republican candidate who, according to his campaign information that I recently received in the mail, doesn't really have a clue about what the job entails. His campaign information says that he is going to create jobs. And he's going to fight crime as a Flathead County Commissioner.
1: And we both know that county commissioners have no ability to fight crime unless they're a sheriff's deputy or create jobs. If he was looking at the job description, he would know that the county commissioner's job is to run the budget and to allocate funds. So he could say if he supports law enforcement... My priorities, my budgeting priorities with your taxpayer dollars are to make sure that law enforcement is adequately funded because he's not fighting crime. Correct. He's not out there getting shot at. Our boys in blue are. So for him to be so arrogant as to say that he is going to fight crime is just bullshit. It's not part of the job description. His job is to run the budget. And if he wants to remove burdensome regulations... For business development and building buildings, those kinds of things. Lowering taxes so that it's easier for for businesses to thrive, survive, and expand. That makes sense. But commissioners don't create jobs unless they add more government-paid workers. And so if what he's saying is, I'm going to create jobs, then you're going to add more government workers. Then we should know that. Because as Republicans... Before any more government positions, taxpayer-funded positions are created, we want to know what the need is and be sure that there is a need. But I don't think that's what he was trying to say. He was trying to say that he, one commissioner on a panel of three commissioners, is able to create a job. The only job a commissioner can create is to expand the size of government, which, of course, would be against the less government
0: mantra of the Republican platform. And this all goes back to our point that there is a fundamental misunderstanding, it seems, amongst more than one candidate of what the actual job description is, what the abilities that they have afforded to them that they can perform in that job. And their campaign material should reflect some knowledge of what the job is. There's no oversight from the Montana Republican Party or from the local Republican central committees when they look at this material to say hey um what do you mean by this explain this to me do you know what the position is that you're running for what that what it entails what it means what your scope of of work is going to be do you have any clue of that right there's no job interview
1: and we used to be able to rely on the local party and the state party to do those job interviews to make sure that a candidate is vetted is there anything in your background that you would be embarrassed about is there anything that we need to know about but nope it's anybody who walks through the door is just fine you can go ahead and carry the R banner because apparently the R banner doesn't mean anything to the Republican Party anymore.
0: And if the candidate has money. Yep. Then the Republican Party, it seems to us, gets the dreamy eyes.
1: Yep. And they just follow lockstep behind them. Oh, you have money? Oh, you can buy the state? Oh, that means we get to be lazy. We don't have to do as much fundraising. Awesome. You get it. Never interviewing, never vetting, never considering the characteristics or the character of the person who wants to run. In this election for Montana, carrying an R behind your name seems to just mean you're willing to buy the seat yourself, that you'll self-fund your campaign, and if these are the candidates who make it past the finish line, you can expect Montana, the same circus and state government that you're seeing in the PSC, where the focus is on self-service, self-interest, and not Montana. When I said I'd rather light myself on fire than vote for Greg Gianforte, I had another Montana Republican respond to me. I wish Tim Fox had made it through the primary, but I don't want another Democrat. Well, I understand where he was coming from, but we've survived in Montana when a Democrat was in the governor's seat, especially when the legislature is held by Republicans. And yes, I agree, we could do more things if a real Montana Republican were in that chair. And more good things. But if the character of a candidate is so fatally flawed and his interest is self over party, self over Montana, self over public service, how can we say Greg Forte should have that seat? Because it won't be a Republican governor. It won't be a Montanan governor. It will be a Gianforte governor. The same is true for every other politician running for office whose character is suspect. I have a dyed-in-the-wool Democrat who manages my finances. She runs my finances not only because she's brilliant, but because her character is stellar. I want to feel the same about anyone who I vote for to run the state because their policy
0: positions affect me and my family. This is the most important election of our lifetime, likely. Get out and vote. Vote in person. Take it to the polling place.
1: Vote by mail. Vote your absentee. However you vote, make sure you vote. And the one thing that we're asking you to do, folks, because we can't rely on our state parties to do the vetting, is look at the candidates and look at the issues that you're voting on. Pay attention. Read about it. Look at their backgrounds. Focus on character. We want to build a better Republican brand. We absolutely do. But we're being met at every corner by the state Republican Party who's willing to give anybody who walks through the door our banner to hang above their head. It just means more to us than that. And if we can't elect people of character, then we're going to lose Montana because Montana is full of people with good character. And we deserve
0: for the state to be run by Montanans with good character. Thank you for taking us with you on your journey today. And we'll see you next time. You've been listening to the Montana Values Podcast. Find us on our website, montanavaluespodcast.com. Follow us on Twitter. Our handle is at Empty Values. Find us on Podbean, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, Listen Notes, Google Podcasts, Podbay, and Blueberry. What's your favorite Montana value? How do you live it? Write to us. Our email address is montanavaluespodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.